0: Father God, we just thank you that you are here. We thank you that um, in the day-to-day of our lives, um, from grocery shopping to uh, being mothers and grandmothers, um, that you are, are with us, that there's not a step that we take, that you aren't right there. And so, Lord, help us to remember to be led by you means to be in conversation with you, listening to your voice. Uh, Father, I just invite you into this place. Holy Spirit, come. Guide our thoughts. Lord, just any distractions that we would just push those away that we could hear what you have to say. Lord, I know that um, you have given me a lot this morning. and, And I just ask that I wouldn't be in a hurry, but that I'm in your timing. So, Lord, I thank you for that. And and I thank you for each lady here and and the family that she represents. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Okay. Has anybody ever said that your life is just crazy busy? Raise your hand if you have said that. Okay. Just about everybody. All right. So the Lord gave me this plan and um, it actually is an ER doctor that I got the idea from, so it's not original, but I know that that came from the Lord. And then he said, Hey, Tamara, the very thing that you've been saying to everyone, you're going to say it again in a different way this morning, and they're going to get it. Okay. So I've really simplified for people who have been saying, Hey, how do you get that? Like peace in your home? You know, when you walk in and it just feels different. How do you, okay, we're going to get those answers today in a different way. So um, we're going to stop the crazy busy life. Like now, in Jesus name, we are stopping it. Okay, because I mean, there's a 1000 reasons why we need to stop that. But I think what we've done in the church is we've sent this message that if you are busy, we even have that little uh, acronym, being under Satan's yoke, if, you, if you've heard that before, that busy means being under Satan's yoke. Well, okay, I really appreciate the intent, but I think where that has left us, for those of us who have a lot on our plates, um, you know, Melissa, you have eight children. Debbie, I think, do you have four? Or, you know, like, you are busy, And so what we have, we have misinterpreted some things in scripture, and we've said that if you have a lot to do, then you must not be in the will of God. And so what that has done to us, especially as women, is it has put this yoke on us that God never intended for us to bear, because then we have whole sermons about like Mary, And how we need to be like Mary, just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And you're like, Lord, I'm trying to sit at the feet of Jesus, but I've got projectile vomiting. And I've got, you know, my husband going, where are his socks? You know. And so then we constantly are like, well, I must not be a super Christian. Like, I just can't get it together. So I want to, if that is you, you can nod your head if you've ever been there going like, how am I supposed to do the thing that God has called me to? And then like strum a harp in the process. Okay. So if that is you, I think I have a word for you straight from heaven this morning. So what, um, I know that Melissa, I really wish I would, her husband's name is Abe. And I really wish I would have asked him to be our guest speaker this morning. Um, if you don't know her husband, uh, he's pretty awesome. So Melissa, tell Abe that I'm talking about him this morning, but if you don't know, um, he is an ER nurse and the Lord instructed me that I needed to speak to you in medical terms and all of you would get it because you have all been in this moment. So who has ever walked into an ER? Just raise your hand if you walked into an ER before. Okay, so pretty much everyone has been in an ER whether it was for you or for a family member, you've had that moment. Um, and ER is a bu- is a busy place. Um, especially like where Abe works as a trauma unit. Okay. So it's a busy place, but I want you to just take a moment. Don't go like to Grey's Anatomy or ER for those of you who are old enough to remember that, like, I want you to think about the ER experiences that you've had. And I want you to tell me if you have ever seen a doctor going, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Like while all of the busyness is coming, like, have you seen them going like, okay, breathe, just breathe. Anybody seen that? Okay, no. And there's a reason for that because that's what you call crazy business. But an ER is busy, okay? And ER is like hopping all the time. But when you see the doctors, and I've worked in research hospitals, and I've worked um, in intensive care units, and all of that sort of thing, and the one thing that we do that maybe the general public doesn't have access to is we train. We train for the busy. So that when the busy comes, because there is not a physician that I've ever worked with who's going, I was so surprised that we actually had patients come in. Like, that's amazing. Like, people came in the ER and they were in crisis. I didn't prepare for that in medical school. No physician is ever saying that. It's what we expect. And do you know the Lord has been telling you? for over 2000 years to expect the same. He said in this world you will have trouble. Okay, but in everyday life soldiers are really great about prep work too. But in everyday life, sometimes for some reason, as mothers, as daughters, whatever it is that God has called you to, when you wake up and all of the stuff happens, you go, "Oh my goodness, what a day. I wasn't expecting that. Okay, so the way that you can get out of crazy busy is stop saying you are crazy busy. Notice how I paused. I did that on purpose. Stop saying that you are crazy. Because the more that you tell yourself that you are crazy or you're losing it or you know, fill in the blank with whatever it is that you say, the more that you do that,
1: the more you're going to experience the crazy. So in a a medical situation, there's busy, but
0: every professional right down to the custodian is not in crazy busy mode. They're in ready mode because they know what's coming. I bet if we did have Abe come, and I might have him come back, but if we did have Abe come, he would not tell you, and Melissa, you can can verify, he would not tell you that in the trauma unit, he's sitting around just drinking a cup of coffee when uh, patients are coming in and they have a gunshot wound. He's not just going, huh, look at that. I never expected a gunshot wound. You know, of course I work in a trauma unit and I'm a trauma nurse, but a gunshot wound or someone with their legs sawed off, you know, like this is surprising. I keep saying this because this is what we do day in and day out. You know, our husbands come home and we go, you wouldn't believe the day I had. She had diarrhea. He told you that in this world, you will have trouble. And so what happens when you begin to tell yourself that you're crazy, busy, crazy, busy, and you're getting on social media and you're telling your friends, you're going to coffee and you're saying that you're crazy busy and you're reinforcing the fact that you are crazy. And so because of that, when you're in crazy mode, the stress hormones, they rise. And so when the stress begins to rise, guess what goes on the decline? Your executive function. So executive functioning, let me just break that down for you in three little things. And this is on your website, but memory, judgment, and impulse control. That's a really great way to sum up what executive function is. That is memory, judgment, and impulse control. So when the cortisol is really pumping, what happens is that goes out the window because you are in fight or flight mode and you cannot make decisions when you are in that mode. So when those stress hormones start to rise, your, your thinking becomes compromised. So how do they do it in an ER? Because it is a busy situation. But no one is looking at the ER doctors or, you know, uh, doctors and nurses and trauma units and say, well, you're under Satan's yoke because you got a lot of people coming in. No, instead, we say things like, bless you. The Lord has you right where he wants you. If it weren't for you right here, so-and-so would have died or you saved my life. No one is telling the people in the medical field that they are under Satan's yoke. Because there's so much that they have to do. But yet we do that to ourselves. If you have been guilty of that, I am speaking to you right now. There's no condemnation. But stop telling people who have a lot on their plate that it is not of God. Because the last time I checked, when Jesus was healing people all day long, I'd call that a little busy. No one is saying to the Son of God that he isn't where he's supposed to be and he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. But let's go to the Mary and the Martha story. What is it that the Lord is saying here? Because we have scriptures like labor to enter his rest. And we go, huh, well, rest must mean that I'm just seated there in the midst of the chaos, and I'm just breathing. Okay, the Mary and Martha thing. Let me get that straight for you. Somebody had to eat. Somebody had to cook the meal. It wasn't that Martha wasn't supposed to do. It's that while she was doing, she was supposed to be resting in position. But if we take a look at Martha, she's so busy looking at Mary that she has smoke coming out of her ears and she can't keep her head on straight because Mary is in her position. But Martha is not standing in her position. She is on tiptoes looking at everybody else. Well, Jesus, well, Mary,
1: Martha, just cook the meal and worship him while you do it because there's a house to feed. And so
0: sometimes we, we mistake acts of service for things that we aren't supposed to do. I have a dear friend and I say a dear friend in case she is watching this, but I do have a dear friend who often, and we've talked about it, we've joked about it, but she has often said to me, Tamara, you're too busy. You know, every time I talk to you, There's a new project. You're taking on something else. And she goes on and she's she asked me about am I taking a Sabbath? She asked me, you know, all the things that you do in church. Okay. And so I, I am laughing because we have definitely had this conversation. And she would tell you that if she was real with herself for a moment, it's that she's looking at my life and going, if I were doing that, I would be crazy. I can't design websites and teach kids in the school and, you know, teach a health class and all of the things that I'm doing. To her, that would be busy because she's out of her position. Now, you have heard me say that over and over again, but y'all, I can't tell you how What a restful place I'm in. And especially now, since I met my dear friend, Sue, Sue will spur you on into exactly where you need to be. So get get yourselves a Sue if you don't have one, because she's mine, but um, we'll share her. But find a Sue in your life who's going to say, run, run, run the race that you were called to run. And you know, when you're in position, because then the resources are flowing, everything you need. I cannot wait to tell you, like last week I was telling you, so we're going to have a store and I'm pretty sure it's going to be a little bit before it's up and running, but y'all it's already ready to go. Like it is amazing what God is doing, but I'm not crazy busy. I'm just busy. And I want you, again, I want you to throw that out of your mentality that busy equals bad. Busy apart from
1: Jesus is bad. But busy in the place that he has called you means building the kingdom. I
0: don't know what we think, but in Western society, we often are comparing ourselves to one another ladies you aren't meant to do what your pastor's doing what your husband is doing and guess what you weren't meant to do what your kids are doing but yet how many of you are doing the science projects for them okay guilty do your job find out what your job is do it well because when you don't and you, let, when stress is gonna come. That, that's another myth that, oh, if you're stressed, that's not a God. Okay, I'm going to define stress with medical terms. Stress is not the same as anxiety. Okay, so stress doesn't mean heart palpitations, sweaty palms, shallow breathing. That is not stress. That is stress not handled well. Stress is simply neurotransmitters that are being
1: released into the body at a significant pace. But see, stress will come. But what you do with that stress takes
0: you from crazy mode to ready mode. So most of the time, we don't know what to do with the stress. Remember, in this world, you will have trouble, trouble, aka stress. But living in a state of chronic stress with my patients, I am always talking about chronic stress and what that does to the brain. It's awful. If you don't know, it's awful. So living in a state of chronic stress responded to poorly is what keeps you crazy. Y'all know what I mean. You, You can't, where I don't even know where I'm standing. Have you had that moment? You're in your house and you're like, I don't even know where I am because my life is so turned upside down right now. I want us as a body of Christ to get in ready mode. But if we are going to be in ready mode, we must train for ready. Now, I promised you, you're like, wait, I thought we were talking about meal plans today. We are. This is just like a little segue into how you're going to get ready. So you have to train for ready. Whenever I was working in hospitals, I had to know the protocol. Even when I am uh, recommending supplements to people, I have to know the protocol. I have to know that if you are taking Synthroid, exactly what supplements you do not need to be taking with that. I need to know where you are. And I don't know who that was for, but I just pulled that one right out. So um, message me if that one was for you. So um, I have to know ahead of time. I can't be in the moment going, okay, so I'm about to walk into a patient's room and they uh, have an infectious disease. So wait, what's the infectious disease protocol? Um, Okay, wait, I think I'm supposed to put this special gear on. And I think I'm supposed to like double glove it. And I like, wait, no, that's not right. Okay. If you do that, you are fired. There is no second guessing about what you are supposed to do. You have to know in advance. So my training came with many, many years of school. I remember when I was like a sophomore in my undergrad program, learning how to put on gloves the proper way and to take them off. So that by the time, six years later, it was second nature for me. And you're going, Tamara, I don't have that kind of time. I have 10 kids in my house. I have, you know, a husband and six dogs. And, you know, you're right. But the beautiful thing that you have is the mind of Christ. And so what it takes years for training to do, you are going to get by spending time with your father, because he's going to give you the secrets for what you need. Some of you have four-year-olds and some of you have 40-year-olds, but he is going to give you the unique prescription. And I'm about to break it down for you, medical style. Okay. So number one, I want you to write this down, or it is in your handout. It's the word triage. So whenever, and if you don't know how to spell it, that's okay. This is not a spelling test. Okay. So whenever, the busy comes in the medical world, we talk about triage. And for those of you who like to watch medical shows, you might know what that is. But I'm going to give you the definition, which means to prioritize by degree of urgency. So the mistake that we make is that we think everything else has the same degree of urgency. So whether or not someone is asking you for a cookie or someone is bleeding out, some of you have treated that with the same degree of urgency. And you're hyperventilating every time that your child just tugs on your sleeve because you are not triaging. Okay. So how do you might go guilty as charged, but how do I prioritize the degree of urgency? I'm going to give you a really Simple kindergarten version of how to do that. And you're going to be um, like a boss in your home. Okay. So, but I do want to tell you this individuals who cannot differentiate threat from non threat and react to everything with the same response, they have double the level of stress hormones. Double. When we do a cortisol test, those people who are not able to distinguish have double the level. And do you know what that does? Remember, when the stress hormones rise, executive function goes out the window. And then the other thing for those of you who are taking this class because you're hoping to lose weight, it shows up in your middle. Okay? So you start having this extra layer of padding for your children just to to lay their head on like a little extra pillow. I know that was not politically correct, but it is true. You know it is. It goes straight to your belly. Okay, so if you are reacting to everything with the same intensity,
1: you're not playing the game. You cannot do it all at once. Go ahead,
0: give yourself grace. You cannot do it all. For those of you who are trying to be superwoman or superman, for those brothers in the Lord who are watching this, you can't do it all. You weren't created to do it all. And you certainly weren't created to do it all at one time. If you
1: were able to do that, you would have no need of God. So I might step on some toes here. But if you are trying to do that, you are worshiping self. You don't need it. Because you've already... You've taken everything on your plate. So you don't have to delegate.
0: You don't have to, you are just doing the thing and you're doing it without him. You weren't meant to be able to do everything. Now, for those of you who say, hey, I am in a situation where I have to do everything. I know um, that we are talking to people, some of you who have been in trauma situations. Some of you may be single mothers or single fathers, or maybe you have a spouse who is just checked out. I get it, but you still weren't created to do everything. So the Lord wants you to go to him to triage. Okay. So in the medical world, we use colors because you can, instantly recognize something. So for those of you who have done testing with me, you know, there's colors everywhere. Okay, so red means it's immediately life threatening. It means if you're with me and you're doing a test and you're like, "Wait a minute, I had a bunch of red." Okay, it doesn't mean that that you're going to die, but it means that that there is a severe problem that needs immediate attention. So that's red. Yellow, it doesn't mean middle, average. No, yellow means there's a serious problem, but it's not life-threatening or it's not in need of instant attention, but it is still a serious problem. Green is minor. So green in the emergency room, all of you know, you've had that friend who who brought their two-year-old because it was their first child to the emergency room because they had a little cut on their hand. I mean, do you all know people like that? I I do. So, um, but if you have been doing the mom thing for a while, and I don't know why I keep talking to moms, for those of you in the, in the boardrooms, what you're doing is, you know, that employee who like everything is just falling apart all the time. Okay. Yeah. Everything is not falling apart all the time. That's you not triaging. So remember red, it's Serious, it's immediate, it's life-threatening. Yellow, it's serious, but it's not life-threatening. And green, it's minor. So I'm actually gonna be quiet for a little bit because I want you to have just a moment. And I want you to be honest before the Lord. What level have you been treating everything that comes through your doors? Because just like in the ER, when you're in ready mode, You are prepared for whatever is coming through your doors. So I'm going to just be quiet. 15 seconds. Have you actually been triaging or have you been putting everything at the same
1: level? Okay, so just reflect with the Lord. chances are, if you have been putting everything at the same level, the level that you
0: have been putting it at is red. Okay, so for those of you
1: who are in class with me today, raise your hand if you're guilty for putting most things in the red category. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay. Like, and for those of you who are watching later,
0: it's really okay. If you put everything in that red level, you cannot function. Okay, for those of you who are not doing that, great. But maybe you're putting everything in the yellow level. Everything is serious and everything's not. Maybe some of you are going, everything's green and you're underestimating those things that are life-threatening. You have let things go. You've been able, you have, you have, yeah, okay. Nothing was life threatening, but sometimes it is
1: because not everything that walks in the ER is the paper cut. Sometimes it's a cut that has turned septic because
0: you've got infection coursing through a body. So a lot of times what we do in order to to determine whether it's red, yellow, or green, we let external circumstances determine that for us. Do you know that noise is often a distraction? So think about the ER. If there is, um, and my friend who is actually a physician said to me, so If I have an
1: asthmatic who is quiet, that's actually red. If I have a patient who is yelling like,
0: I don't know who's in charge here, but I need to be seen right now. And you know, the kind like where it's red for them because they have the paper cut. Um, So there's a lot of noise. So what happens to many of us is that our attention goes to where the noise is. And when that happens, you know, and the the patient who's yelling, we give them our attention, and all they needed to know is where the coffee creamer was. Meanwhile, the asthmatic is losing her very life. Noise does not determine how you triage, it can. You can have a gunshot wound, and they're coming in and they're screaming. But
1: sometimes the most deadly of cases are the quietest. Some of you have children who are very, very
0: quiet. And you say things like, oh, she's just the sweetest thing. She's
1: so compliant. She never gives me any trouble at all. And she is crumbling inside.
0: Yet you are paying attention to the child who's making a lot of noise and they're actually just fine. So the way that you are going to determine how to triage is you are going to ask the Lord, what is his order of importance? For people who deal with me, a lot of them are going, I have to have this, you know, like I have design clients and I have um, children. If you don't know, I've got lots of children and, um, Everyone thinks that their issue is urgent and life-threatening. But I have this philosophy that I learned through my training, which is assess the situation. Don't allow the patient to tell you what's wrong. If some of you are my patients, I am listening to you, but I am filtering it through the knowledge that I have. And you should be glad that I am. Because sometimes your perception is off because the stress is so high that that your ability to
1: judge a situation is slightly impaired. And so you must learn to triage.
0: If you don't, you will be on crazy busy. So when you think about that emergency room setting, you see doctors sometimes walking right past patients. And they're going, Well, I've been here for three hours. And they're not letting that move them because they have a job to do. If you've ever had the unfortunate situation of being in a trauma situation, and I mean um, like physical trauma, it looks chaotic. But if you watch the medical staff, there's calm. Even when the voices elevate, the only reason they elevate so they can be heard over the chaos it's not because i'm stressed out so i'm yelling when there is a call for a code blue and everybody comes running if they don't know what to do no one is sitting around going i wonder to what code blue means i worked in a major hospital in a very large city and i had to study all the codes Because even if it wasn't my job, I had to know,
1: get out of the way. Sometimes that's the best thing for you. Get out of the way. So after you triage, I want you to think of triage as step one. Step two, you got to design for crazy. Because if you're gonna stop the crazy and move to ready,
0: You have to be prepared for it. Now you're like, Tamara, how many times are you going to say that? A thousand till you hear me. Because I have talked to so many people who say things like, Oh, I don't meal plan. That's not for me. Oh, I'm just naturally messy. Like you, Tamara, you do the organized thing. You do the, you know, but that's just not for me. And then, Every suggestion, I don't know who I'm talking to. I really don't feel like it's people in this class. But every suggestion that you're given, you have an answer
1: as to why you don't need to do that.
0: I'm going to teach you something that I had to learn early on. And it, I had a dear friend when I was in my training who said this to me. "Hun, you need to know when you're in the presence of greatness.
1: Because if the person in front of you doesn't seem to be as crazy as you, maybe
0: you could learn a thing or two from that person. It doesn't mean that you idolize that person. But I go throughout my life going, I want what that person has. I want what that person has. I want what that person. I have so many mentors. So I don't have one. I remember when I got the revelation that nobody had it together, but there are things that you do have together. So just because you don't have everything together, there is a part of your life that you have together. And for those of you who feel like, no, there's not, I want you to text me like, cause, cause there are times where we feel that way and you need special care. But if you aren't there, there's an area of your life that you do have together. But the areas that you don't, humble yourself and find the person who does have it together. Make sure that they are rooted and grounded in the word of God. So many times we hang out with all the people who are just like us. We have entire clubs of people with the same addiction, same trauma, all this stuff. How are you ever going to go up higher? Stop. Watch the people that you are around. Everyone in my life is ahead of me in the game. I mean, like the people that I'm pulling from. And yes, we can learn from everyone. I learn from four year olds all the time. If y'all do not hang out with four year olds, I highly suggest it. They have the wisdom of God. And I am not joking on that. They really do. Spend some time with a four year old, they're my favorite. If you have a four-year-old, send them to me. Okay, but what I want you to do
1: is I want you to get ready. I want you to write down these letters. P-A-C-T. Okay, I'll say it again. It's P-A-C-T. This is your prescription after triage. This is your plan. This is when
0: you are not in the crazy. This is your eight years of medical school,
1: okay? It's called a pact. If you didn't pick that up, that's what we just spelled, pact. You're going to make a pact. This is what it stands for, plan. And this is in your handout if you don't want to write it down. So plan, automate, co-locate, and temptation. This is what trouble looks like. This is the way to overcome trouble. So plan,
0: automate, co-locate, temptation. All right, so this is what you're gonna do. You are going to make a plan. You are going to stop being surprised at the fact that they want dinner again. For everyone who has said, Meal planning is not for me.
1: I am going to say something really harsh and not sugar coated. Are you planning to eat? Great. Plan your meals. That's all it is. It's a it's a
0: nice way that we've said in our our day and age, meal planning just means I am planning to eat. For those of you who are not planning to eat, we do have services for that. Okay? But everyone in your household is going to eat. Why are you trying to say things like I talked to someone who said, you know, we're really a spur of the moment kind of family. We just want to, we just want to decide at the last minute, you know, it's Tuesday and and I want to take the time and I want to ask everybody in my family what they want. And you're wondering why they're hangry all the time. You're not prepared. In our family, whether we've got um, a crowd of people coming in, or whether it's just us, my husband and I, or us and the kids, we plan because we know that everybody's going to eat. And then what that enables me to do is to be fully present in the moment. I don't have to take time away from my children. I don't have to take time away from my husband to sit and go, huh everybody is yelling right now. And I wonder what we're having for dinner. Stop it. That's senseless. The more options we have, the longer each decision takes. That is straight science. So in the moment when the stress is coming, cause they're getting louder, cause they're actually getting hungry. Then you have all these options. Are you going to cook? Are you going to eat out? Are you going to like, you know, have a salad? Are you going to have fish? Are you going to have then it's gonna take a while. And everybody's complaining. Well, I didn't want that. The more decisions that you have, the more exhausted you will become because your brain is having to work hard in a stressful situation at the very time that executive functioning is on the decline because you have not prepared for the very thing that you knew was gonna happen, dinner. So more decisions equals exhaustion and guess what exhaustion
1: leads to poor decisions so you're just in the cycle in a trauma situation and not even in a trauma situation just in a medical situation
0: when the person comes the nurse has to know where is the gauze there's one place to keep it what hospital do you know go Huh, well, last week we had it over here and now um, I don't know. Can somebody tell us where the gauze is? You, it has to be so automatic that you know right where to go and you know exactly how much is there if you're the inventory person. If you're not the inventory person, you know to go there and grab because the inventory person has done their job and you're always stopped. Your version of that looks like planning your meals. But it's not just our meals that we need to plan. Some of you are homeschool moms and you're like, "You know, I just love it when we just go with the flow. We have our best days when we just go with the flow and and the kids are just learning so much." You say that until it's time for them to go to college and you realize that you've missed out on half the things that they are needing to know. Oh, I'm stepping on some toes now. But planning does not mean that you don't ever have moments of spontaneity. So when you plan, you are just being ready for what Jesus said is going to happen. Praise God if you don't have to use it. That's awesome. But that's the exception to the rule and we're treating that as though that's the standard. We wonder why we're making decisions about our nutrition that are
1: just junk because we haven't planned. You don't need a nutritionist. You need an hour to get ready. Okay, so that A is automate. I have told you before that many
0: times You are trying to take up real estate in your brain for things that need to be automated. For all of you who are 19 years old and you're able to remember everything whatsoever, yay. But many of us are into menopause
1: and things have changed. So why are you trying to be 19? You know you're not.
0: Why are we trying to remember things when I have, my favorite line is there's an app for that. Just stop trying to remember, automate it. So once you make that meal plan, don't make it on a scrap of paper that you can't find. Put it in some type of, my favorite is an electronic system, but for those of you who are pen and paper, get a binder, don't even get a notebook, get a binder, three ring binder, loosely. Put meal plans on it. And then you're going to write that down. And then when you don't have time to plan, guess
1: what you have? You have the, the same meal plan that you had two weeks ago and nobody knows.
0: And then if you're like me, we have this whole thing of meal plans that we do in my family. And then we mix and match. And I am going to get into the specifics of of some tips for meal planning, you have to make it your own. You can't just do what I'm doing. You have to be you in planning, but automate, schedule things, and, and make it a repeat reminder in your phone. Don't sit down every week and go, okay, so let me do the same thing I did last week again. With my patients, this is what it looks like in a medical study. With my patients, once they get their uh, permanent time slot. I check a little button that just says repeat. And I even check for how long I want it to repeat. For me, it's 30 days. And then what happens is sometimes people say, oh, thank you so much for that reminder, how you sent that text to us um, about my appointment. I would have forgotten. And I'm going, yeah, I would have too. I had no idea you had an appointment, but then you get to look like the rock star. you're welcome. Okay, so I just let you in. If you're my patient, I just let you in on something. I don't do that. So for all of you who are like, oh, Tamar, thank you for all the work. Okay, to uh, our EHR system be all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. You don't have time to do things that you can automate. Okay, so co-locate. That's the C. What in the world? Don't you mean collate? No, co-locate. That means categorize things that should be together need to be grouped together. So let's say that you have a bunch of workout equipment because you're a gym owner. When For those of you who have ever been brave enough to walk into a gym,
1: do you know that equipment is grouped? You don't have to figure out what to do. Just go through the line because
0: it's working different parts of your body. But the things that work, that work the legs are together. The things that work the arms are together. And you're supposed to just go in a circuit. Oh, I just made a lot of personal trainers mad. Okay, so that's what you need to do in your home. Group things together. Some of you have like your cleaning items in all different locations. And I don't mean it's because, you know, these are the bathroom cleaning items. Some of you are really good about that. But some of you, you just have things spread all over the place. And you wonder why you're crazy busy. Because you're running upstairs, downstairs, and everywhere in between. Co-locate. When it comes to the things in your pantry, co-locate. Because when it's time for dinner, if you don't, we have a spice store. Some of you have spice racks. But some of you have spices just everywhere. I like a drawer because I pull it out and everything's there nice and neat. And then I can just close it and not look at it. But all my spices are grouped together. But then if you're really like me, it's not just my spices that are grouped together. I have my baking spices together. I have my like, you know, hot peppery kinds of things together. I have just my everyday spices together. And then what I do in downtime, I just check the drawer take a moment I rearrange because some of you have children you have to teach them these things though you have to teach them why you don't just get upset because they didn't put it back after you organized it okay so that's the c and the t is you're making the pact
1: is temptation temptation is not good in case you were wondering okay jesus does not tempt you
0: But you have to run from temptation, you have to dismiss temptation. And some of you are going, I just keep eating the whole bag of chocolate chip cookies and I don't know why. Because you have it in your house. Because you have it in a place where you can reach it. So for those of you who want your children to have chocolate chip cookies, there is no judgment here, okay? But you don't want to, then you need to put it out of reach. You need to put it on a high shelf so that you can't get to it easily. Those things that you can get to easily, you are much more likely to partake in. So you put it on a high shelf and you have just killed two birds with one stone. You aren't having to deal with it and in your face every day.
1: And now your children have to ask just because they need to get it down. You must resist temptation. But sometimes we resist temptation
0: by willpower. And that is not what you were designed to do. You are not a super Christian because you had all of these things that were bad for you in your sight. And you're like, yeah, I did it. I said no today. Just get it out. Don't look at it. If you have a spouse who's like, hey, I'm not on board with this health thing. You go, okay, great, that's fine because we are not here to control people. Hear me, we are not here to control people. So if you have a spouse who's not on board, you just need to ask that spouse, hey, can I make um, a special place in the pantry for your, your items? And then you put them out of reach of you. You have to think smarter. So that's how we're going to do it. We're going to make a pact, plan, automate, co-locate, temptation, get rid of it. When you do that, you will know how to respond to stress
1: when it comes because it's coming. So the last step. So you had
0: the triage, not everything else is in red. If you really don't know how to do that, I really would love it if you reached out to me. You're going to make a pact. If you're like, okay, I get the principle, but I'm not really sure how to apply this in my life. Please reach out to me. This is apparently, I didn't even know it, but apparently this is what the Lord has me doing right now. So I welcome that because then you are just encouraging me to do the very thing that I'm supposed to be doing. So make a pact. Step three, you're going to get out of your head. See, some of you, you've got your plans. You even have your phone going off with alarms of when you're supposed to do this and that. And you're going, ah, this class isn't for me. Bless their hearts, the crazies. I I just have it figured out. And um, yeah, okay. I've got you on this one. Get out of your pit. How many of you have ever had a time where you've got internal
1: monologue and it's not good. Yeah. You're just on negative, negative, negative. And the
0: thing is, I'm going to tell you a really quick way. Like we could do all kinds of exercises. I could teach you about mindfulness. We could do the fastest way to get out of your head because the whole reason you're in your head is because you're looking at you. Now, for those of you who just disagreed with me and you said, no, no, no. I'm thinking about what my child is doing. Actually, what you're thinking about is how you are not measuring up to what your child needs or how you um, aren't measuring up to what your spouse needs, or it's really about you. If we get very real. So in a medical situation, there are times where it's scary. I have been um, in a hospital room and someone starts choking. And it's not just a little bit, you know, it's because There's a part of their brain that wasn't functioning because of a stroke and they're choking and it's life-threatening choking. I don't have time to go, I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know if I'm going to remember exactly what to do. I've sat through all those CPR classes. I don't know what to do. Okay. It's fine to be scared. So for all of you who have heard like, no, you don't ever need to be scared. I'm going to tell you, do it scared. It's not the fact that the fear comes, the fear comes. It's your response to the fear. See, when you just live a life that is avoiding everything and you're going, I don't have any fear, you are not taking enough risk. Every day I take on things that are scary, but I am not going to allow fear to have me. I'm going to take dominion over that, which makes me scared. And the way that I am going to do that, here's a really quick and easy way. I'm going to get out of my head because I'm going to actually move in compassion. And I'm going to see the person in front of me. So in that moment that I described, here's here's the patient who's choking. I'm not going to go, can I do it? Can I do it? I'm going to look and go, they are choking. What do they need? You see there's a difference. Because I'm already prepared and then I begin to just move. So this is what Galatians 2:20 and I'm actually going to read this scripture to you from the amplified because I love the way the amplified reads here. I have been crucified with Christ. That is in him I have shared his crucifixion. So if you have shared his crucifixion, that means you have also shared in his resurrection, because he did not stay on a cross. So everything that you need is available to you because you have been crucified with
1: Christ. So it is no longer I who live. So why are you in your head? Because you're dead. I don't know why you're obsessing over you. This one is not about you.
0: It is about the person in front of you. So you have been crucified with Christ. It goes on to say that is in him. I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life, hear it with fresh ears, because some of you can just quote this. You've, you're already singing a song that, about Galatians 2.20. Hear it with fresh ears. The life I now live. Again, the life I now live in this body I live by faith. That means that I don't have to know every little detail, but I do have to go to the one who does. I live by faith. Listen to how the Amplified reads by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in
1: the Son of God, God not in myself, who loved me and gave himself up for me. The life I now
0: live, the now kind of life, the um, my dear friend, Melissa, with her eight children, the life that you are walking into when you get out of this class. Sue, with your beautiful granddaughter, that life, the life you now live. Debbie, with those precious babies that I really want to meet, that
1: life, that life. Get out of your head. What does he have to say to you? Remember
0: that you're going to have trouble, but plan for it. Because when you do that, you will stop doing the crazy business. And you'll just be building the kingdom kind of busy. See, when you've got the crazy swirling in your head, you are not building the kingdom because you are
1: so into you. And I'm sorry if that hurts, but that's what the Lord told me to tell you. We have become a selfish bride who is anemic. It is time to stop making everything about us.
0: I want to train you. Now, that doesn't mean like me personally. if you feel called to call me, great. But I want us, let me say it that way. I want us to be trained. So many of us are talking about battle, but we're not soldiers. I never heard of a soldier like sitting on the battlefield, just like it, it, things are on automatic by the time you get to the battlefield. I heard someone say not too long ago, I think some of you know her. Um, I was talking about this topic and she said oh my goodness Tamara,
1: this is so right we're like in a nuclear war and we're giving our kids water guns time to stop the crazy time to be about our father's business and build the kingdom
0: And if that means you got to get outside of yourself and make a meal plan so that you can be ready for the red that comes, because I'm going to tell you, ladies, dinner is not a red. And if it is a red in your world, you are not prepared
1: for the thing that you know is going to happen. You know what I call that? Mm, Insanity. Let's stop it. Can we get off of social media? I, I have nothing
0: against social media except for what it does to your brain. But can we get off of like, like looking at Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and whatever constantly and just trying to get inspiration from everybody else, but then, you know, you've spent three hours doing that. Use your tools. There was someone in the class today who was talking about, "Hey, I get my meals off of Pinterest." Yes, me too. It's quick, it's easy. If you are looking for those quick and easy things sometimes... We think everything has to come from us and be inspired. I get inspired by looking at the work
1: that someone else has done. And then it doesn't take me all day. But we need to stop because it is
0: time for the church to actually rise up and be able to overcome the gates of hell.
1: But we're not doing that because we can't even handle dinner. If this was a hard word for you this morning, that just means
0: it hit you where it needed to. But it doesn't mean you have to do this alone. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, none. And if you're watching this and you are not in Christ Jesus, he wants to set you free. It's not about religion, but it is about knowing the person who has everything you need. It's not about church, although I believe that the church is the manifold wisdom of God because that's what Ephesians tells us. But right now, we're not looking like manifolded wisdom. Because we look a little too much like the world. I want to help you. I want to partner with you. I want to give you resources. And I know for those of you who are here, this has been a little less of a class. And more of a preaching. But that's what the Lord said you needed to hear. (laughs) A lot of you spend countless hours looking for recipes. There's this thing called modification. Okay, so I put in a recipe that I would consider is not the healthiest of recipes to teach you how to quickly turn things around. It doesn't mean restriction, it means substitution. Okay, so this recipe is for um, like a Thai pineapple salmon, which you might go, that doesn't sound good to me. That's okay, because there's another recipe coming next week. And um, I actually was challenged by my friend to send out recipes during the week randomly, just just to different ones of you instead of to everybody, um, just to like like allow God to put someone on my heart and then send them a recipe um, that they can begin building their own meal plans with. Um, if you know some people that are doing this class, you can share the recipes. It's not like some secret thing. You're not paying for it. Don't worry. So, um, and then you can get more recipes that way. But know when you get a recipe that God has put you on my heart and I am I am sincerely praying for you and your household. But this recipe, it has some things and y'all have to kind of look to the site because it's, okay, I don't have it memorized. See, I'm automating. Okay, so um, it has some things like, uh, rice vinegar and sweet chili sauce. And, and so instead of going like, Ooh, I don't think I'm supposed to have some of that. What you're going to do is learn to read the labels. So you're going to flip everything around when you go to the grocery store. And I like to say rule of five, if it has more than five ingredients and you don't recognize them, put it back on the shelf. Okay. It's really simple. For those of you who are avoiding sugar, Some of you get confused because you're looking at the nutrition and it says, oh, 15 grams of sugar. And you're actually putting back things that are good for you. What you want to look for is not just sugar. You want to look for added sugar because all kinds of fruit, um, it has sugar that is naturally occurring. So please don't get into the diet trap where it's like no sugar. There's some sugar that's actually good for you, but added sugar. If you are avoiding sugar, that's a no. Okay, so when you see something and it's like rice vinegar, ooh, this one has added sugar. Just go down the aisle and there will be one that has no added sugar. So a lot of times we get trigger happy and we just grab rice vinegar in the car, okay? Um, You can also, there's this wonderful thing around here, we call it our magic box. It's a computer um, and it's also a phone stop trying to figure everything out. Google alternatives to four. And when you do that, just replace it. And then when you're making your own recipes, you're going to cross it out and you're going to put it with whatever that substitution is. I don't like to spoon feed people. So sometimes people ask me, oh, can you do this? I'm like, oh, here's a way that you can do it. Okay. Uh, Some of you need more of that in your home. Stop trying to do everything. Empower people to do what they don't know how to do yet. The wonderful thing about the age in which we live, you can see like reviews of substitutions, you know? You can, if you're like really kind of leery about it, but if you see this as a substitution that's repeated over and over, stop obsessing and just make the cake. Way to go, Debbie, for doing that. Um, So anything that you see, in an ingredients list that you're like, ooh, I'm avoiding that. Pick up your phone. Um, stop, stop picking up your phone to call your girlfriend and asking her. Do it for yourself. Let her be about her father's business and you be about yours. I just, we call things like that community and really what it is, is enabling. I really, I have no idea why I'm saying this, but I really don't spend time talking to my friends all you know, all day we don't text because I have some really kingdom minded friends and we, we have scheduled times where we get together, but we are all like doing the thing. I'll we'll have to do the thing. Um, I really don't know why I said that, but okay. Whomever that was for. Yay. Jesus. Okay. So, um, again, if you have questions, please, cause I know today was really more of like a preaching day. Uh, please. And remember, if you're texting me and I don't respond to you right away, um, hang on and I will. And so you just go on and busy yourself with whatever, because I promise you, I am not your answer. And you might, I love it when people text me and some people that I've met recently have gotten into this groove now. And I love it when I come back to them and they're like, actually, I asked Jesus and he said, he knows more than you. And he already told me. And I'm like praise. God, I love it when that's happening. Let's have more of that in the body of Christ so we can begin sharing and uh, relying on others for things that we actually need to rely on others for. Okay, so really quick recap, triage. You're gonna make a pact and you're gonna get out of your head. Uh, Get out of your head by serving, get out of your head by keeping your eyes on Jesus and worshiping him. Um, We're gonna end it. Sorry we were over, but that was a ton of information. Um, I love all of you. And um, let me know if you need something. I'm praying for you. Let's build a kingdom together.